Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Tis the season to get glammy. I'm nominated for two 2023 Glam Awards for Best Podcast and Best Writer Blogger, and I need your help to win. Once again, both categories are in the People's Choice voting, so the public will determine who wins. All you need to do is go to GlamAwards.net, click the tab for People's Choice, and vote. You might only be allowed to use your email once, so you better tell all your friends, family, enemies, hell, even tell that dancing diva at the bar, the cutie slinging the drinks, and the DJ spinning the tracks. And I repeat, tell everyone. Oh, and while you're at it, visit my Instagram and click the link tree to find out how you can support the pod by donating or buying merch. Now, what you're about to listen to is an episode that I've been holding on to for a while. Why is it only being released now? Well, Daddy was busy! A lot has happened since this interview was conducted, so be sure to follow this bitch to fill in the blanks. And as always, follow me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk on Twitter slash X at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. She's keeping it hot all over New York City as a spitfire of the stage. It's the Venezuelan goddess of NYC, Chiki Gorgina. How are you? Hi, how are you? I'm, I'm great. I'm feeling amazing. I'm so excited for this week. So it's going to yeah. be fun. Yeah, I, I'm very excited to have you on the podcast. You've been a guest on the show doing um, recaps before, but now you're here to talk about you and I don't have to talk about me or my thoughts. So that's exciting. <laughs> I'm excited. I don't have so much opportunity. Well, yeah, in my show, but sometimes, you know, like it's not the same when people actually ask you stuff. It's true. It's true. Um, I may not be a Glam Award winning podcast, but I am a good interview. <laughs> That's good. All right. Well, the way we like to start it here is we like to start from the beginning. So I'm going to ask you, where are you from? So um, all the way from Caracas, Venezuela. I um, live in Venezuela for 22 years so that basically all my life Mm -hmm. uh then I moved to Ecuador for a year then a friend was like I think you need to do something different and he was like why you don't try U.S. and I was like I've been there I've been there on vacations I don't know it's like life (laughs) <laughs> you yeah. know, so I first get here to Nashville, Tennessee. Every, every time I say that, everyone is like, what? And be <laughs> like, yes, I was in Tennessee for a month and a half. And after that, I was like, no, I don't think this is for me. And that is when I moved to New York. And I always say that I basically arrived to Times Square with my two suitcases and just looking around the screens and saying like, oh, my God, this is real. Like. Like the movies, it's true. (laughs) Literally. Um, Yeah, it's really interesting to just, for me, to note the evolution of Times Square because you you got to come here and you saw all the video screens and how it felt very modern. And I grew up with a Times Square where that didn't exist. Like I remember when the first video screen went up and people were like, what the fuck is this? How dare you ruin Times Square? Like I was there when the Virgin Megastore was like the big highlight of where you would go. Oh my God. It doesn't exist anymore. So um, it's really interesting for other people's perspectives of what Times Square is and what New York is through that. But I want to take it back a little bit. Um, what was life like in Venezuela? So I my time, uh, Venezuela was still a nice country to live. I think that was the reason why I never saw myself maybe going to somewhere else. I actually, sure. I went to college for journalism. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I always loved TV and show business. And my idea was actually, okay, I finished college. I may be going to Spain because in like a sp- a Spanish community, the TV on Spain is really good. Like the way right. they do journalism is really good. So I was kind of like, oh, I may be going there. I do a master and I come back to Venezuela and I work here in a channel or whatever. So that was really good. Then what? Well, things 
political, social start changing. And that's when I start kind of like, hmm, I don't think this is going to be the country where I actually can do what I want. Sure. Also, like in Venezuela, we don't have any LGBTQ uh, laws. Like, so I was kind of like, yeah, no, uh, people was going to jail because they were journalists who speak bad from the government. So was was it a really crazy moment? So that was basically when I take the decision, when I made the decision on 2016 to be like, yeah, no, I think I need to leave because I'm not going to be me. Uh, but yeah, it was a really interesting. When I moved here, I actually is when I learn a lot of stuff because in Venezuela, we kind of know about bullying or racist or stuff like that. But as a Latin community or as a Venezuela, we pass a lot of stuff because we take a joke of sure. that. So when I moved here is that I realized like, oh, wow, that's actually racist. Oh, that's actually bad. Uh, so I learned that. Like when I moved here, no, it was only try to learn English, was also learn about society the, a different way. Was it a big learning curve for you to understand, oh, wait, all these things that I've been doing for so long, can't do that anymore? Yes. Uh, was kind of like learn some kind of stuff that, in my even when I did so like I did asylum here so mm -hmm. I'm here because I'm a refugee from the situation so actually when I was doing my case is when I learned all those kind of stuff and me like oh wow that's that's wrong that's that's bad or like yeah. and realize that like even when in my country let's say uh this can be kind of like 70% of the people like kind of like my color or like mix and that and I when I'm going to TV and realize that like oh wait actually you don't see a lot of tan people on the TV you see more white people and mm -hmm. even I remember like stuff that my grandma I always say that too they like my grandma basically saying like oh yes you have to marry a white girl so in that way the race can be better and stuff like that they like you maybe don't see it in that way in Venezuela but when you say that here you're like that's bad yeah now you said you had come here for vacations where what where did you vacation in America before officially becoming Miami, um, Miami, oh, oh, naturally. <laughs> yeah, Miami and Orlando. That was our family vacation. Disney, um, me going to a Starbucks first time and me just trying to be like, hi, can I get a Starbucks? And that's it, because of course the English wasn't the best. And then me, my, my ma kind of like, I pay English school for you. So where the money is going? And me like, hello, how are you? Yes. <laughs> also, the thing is like, you learn English in Venezuela in Spanish. Sure. So I remember going to a school and basically the teacher talking to me in Spanish. So like, we are going to do this. And me like, okay, in Spanish, that's great. Um, so yeah, it was really interesting. And I, I was fun. I mean, yeah, I saw US at the beginning, kind of like, it's a fun country to go visit. At the same, I was kind of like, I love food. So I was like, the food is so plastic. I cannot live here. I cannot believe that you go into the supermarket and every single tomato look the same size, the same color. No, 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 no. So it was, it was really interesting when I actually was like, well, yeah, I want to live here. Was there American culture in Venezuela? Did you get to learn about American culture or was it when you got here, you're like, oh, look at all this things that I have to now learn to be a drag artist? Uh, no, was I think like we didn't have, I mean, we have, of course, like movies and stuff like that, but a lot of the movies actually come like uh, double. So like, mm -hmm. we act, it's so funny to me watch like, for example, like Disney mm -hmm. movies and hear the real voices and be like, <gasps> they speak like that? Wow, that's interesting. So, like, yeah, I didn't know much about, like, a lot of stuff in America. And even, like, I sometimes say that, like, 
when people like, oh my God, you're like a Beyonce fan. So with stuff like that, I mean, like, I mean, yeah, we know about them, but I was so Latino. They like asked me for Latin singers. So like. Who, who are your um, Latin icons? Like Talia, uh, mm-hmm. Shakira, um, Orga Tanyon. Those kind of names are, are the ones like, sure, sure. I wish I could perform those every single day. <laughs> Now you come to New York. When did drag enter your life? Drag actually was um, Ecuador because it was the first time I saw RuPaul. When I get there, my roommate at the time, he was like, oh my God, did you saw this show on Netflix uh, about drag queens? I mean, like drag queen, what is a drag queen? Because we have drag queens in Venezuela, but wasn't that important. I remember basically like, when they announced Showtime, basically half of the bar going to a smoke or just going to get a new drink. Mm-hmm. Like people was that crazy about the show. So I remember seeing me like, okay. And also because I live in a family so conservative, like for me it was like a man dressing as a woman with stuff like that. I mean like, yeah, no, I don't think this is interesting. And more because my mom was kind of like, Oh, if you're going to be gay, try just don't be that kind of gay. So I was trying to be like, was so real. I mean, like, I was a, such a gay. Uh, but, <laughs> but me trying to be like, hey, what's up? Um, but yeah, so like, I saw the show on Netflix and I basically stay a full day, finish season four. Mm-hmm. And when I finished season four, I was like, whoa that's interesting this like this actually makes a lot of stuff that I always like on my life and there are a lot of people told me no you can do it like I tried to do ballet and I couldn't because they told me ballet is not for boys I'm trying to do dance class and they told me like no I did singer class actually so but then when my mom realized that I didn't want to be a singer, she was kind of like, so what I'm paying for? And me like, because I just want to learn. Like, sure. I just want to be general, like have different kind of stuff in my background. And so, yeah, I was kind of like, wow, that's super interesting. So I did in Ecuador a monologue about sex. And in that monologue, one of the um, characters that I doing was kind of like drag queen. So that was my first um, a step to be a drag queen. And when I moved here and I met Cenobi, I was kind of like, oh, so you a DJ? Well, yeah, so since I saw RuPaul and because I did this in Ecuador, I maybe want to try to be a drag queen. And he was like, okay, do it. <laughs> so was basically like that. was like, yeah, I think this is actually is everything what I lie and it's a simple way that nobody told me you cannot do this because you are this because it's not rules to be a drag queen what is the origin story of your drag name and persona so cheeky actually uh is because and it's small so like tiny so it's kind of like chiquito in spanish mm-hmm. so a lot of people in a uh bar that I work in Ecuador was calling me oh cheeky Chiki and they stay like that. So when I first told uh, Seno, like, uh, oh, what you was gonna be your drag name? He like Chiki, and he was like, okay, but you need something else. So we went for gorgeous, and then we like Chiki gorgeous. Mm, need something. Then we try. Uh, oh no, we tell another person and was kind of like oh wait no Gorgina because somebody mentioned one time on Drag Race you look Gorgina so cheeky Gorgina but then doing open call uh at the time I think was Madeline who actually pronounced it Gorgina and Cenobite was like yeah Gorgina and you just can say the Gorgina gorgeous vagina so after that was me just correcting everyone like Hey, vagina. <laughs> so, and then when I tell Latin people sometimes when I met them and they try to say Gorgina, I say like, 
Chiki born in the U.S., so it's Chiki Gorgina, the pronunciation. <laughs> is it confusing for people who just, just can't figure out what to call you? Yeah, sometimes it's confusing between, like, is this Gorgina or Gorgina? Some people get it, and I'm surprised when some people say Gorgina at the, at the first try, but sometimes I get Gorgina. And it's you, funny. It's like, no, it's actually Gorgina. Have you made it like a bit? Have, uh, because I'm sure you still get it. Even establishing yourself on the scene, people still probably get it wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. But now it's getting better. That's actually also the reason why I try to start all my videos on Instagram when I do a story like, hey, guys, Chiki Gorgina here. So I try to do that. Or when I present myself, I always do the... Chiki Gorgina, you're like gorgeous vagina. So in that way, people get a reference faster and they kind of like, oh, okay, yes. How would you describe Chiki in three words? Three words. Three words. Um, pretty. Uh, surprise. And funny. All right, I'm here for it. How long does it take to transform into Chiki? Um... One hour and a half. Not bad, not bad. Do you have any traditions you like to have when you get ready? So, okay, if I have like time, I can take, I can be there for two hours and I play a movie and stuff like that. And it's me just, oh, wow. If I'm kind of like, yes, I want to get this done faster. I actually do it in like an hour. But I think it's more about like music, depend of how I feel. I actually try to listen to like, jazz or stuff like mm -hmm. that i try to not have so many voices around me so like that's basically what i do and it's just me basically in that moment focusing what i'm doing i love that i love that do you have any favorite makeup products uh yeah one size beauty one size beauty all right we love that um let's say one size says chicky we want you to create a palette for us what colors are mandatory in this palette and what is it going to be called Oh, I think, okay, first for the colors, uh, browns, mm -hmm. beige, black, blue, kind of like, like three, three different tons of blue, um, maybe some red, and I think pink. All right, all right, what's it called? Oh, I would call it something like. Hmm. I would call it like, okay, because I would call it kind of like Venezuela and call the colors like from traditional stuff from Venezuela, mm -hmm. kind of like the blue, I would call it like playa, like in a Spanish that. name, something like that. Yeah, I think. Who are some of the first people that helped you out on your drag journey? Uh, my husband, who is right now at the time, uh, DJ Senobai, DJ John Mato, who is his best friend. And yeah, those two, actually. Who are some of your inspirations in drag? I actually inspire a lot about the Latin woman in general and like this way to always be ready for something. Even when you go into the bodega, you have to have a highlight or like you uh, lashes correct or a lip gloss or something like that. Uh, I remember my mom work in a band and she always do her hair early in the morning. So like, do her makeup so I inspire on that I'm like I feel that's one of my things when I'm in drag that like I can walk to the dressing room in a sweatpants and hair but when I get off the dressing room I want people to notice that I'm there how would you describe your drag style I describe my drag like sexy uh fashion and drag mm -hmm. i mean you are a queen of the leotard you definitely rock those very well mm -hmm. yeah and i i also love to be like 
have the, the letter, but like covered with something so you don't notice it is. Mm -hmm. So I always like, let me sew this on top skirt or this pen. I also love pens now. I don't know why. And I figured out how to make them and make my body look so good. So I'm excited for that. and <laughs> am really happy. How would you say you've infused your background and your culture into your drag? I think was difficult, actually. When I first started doing drag, um, I wasn't so America for Manhattan and I was and I wasn't so Latina for Queen for Jackson mm -hmm. High. It was funny because I'm actually born and raised in Venezuela. So like right. Latin is my background at all. Like, but then Cenobite was like, listen, if you want to do this, actually you have to work harder in Manhattan because that's where you're going to get a recognition. And I learned after maybe like pandemic, there was my Latin essence that was about to be kind of like my stuff in Manhattan. I just stopped being like, I, I just stopped, um, how you say that? Like, I kind of stopped being like, oh, I want to do this because that's what people want it. Right. So what I do now is like put my Latin first, and after that, why the people maybe want it. So that. it's like, if I do a Dora mix, yes, I, the Dora mix is my Latin side because I grow with Dora the Explorer. Right. But then I do a funny mix. And because the funny part is what people is always in Manhattan one. So it's kind of like, oh, she's a funny queen, but she's actually pretty and she's this. And people is kind of like, oh, okay, she can do both. So that's basically what I'm doing now. One of the best ways, if not the best way, to jumpstart your career in New York City as a drag artist is to put yourself in the world of drag competitions. You have done several, including Drag Wars, Polish the Queen, Ultimate Drag Pageant. Why were competitions like this important for you as a drag artist? Um, one of the things I need to say when I first started doing competition was open call. Mm -hmm. when Madeline was there because actually there I pushed myself to do different stuff I was like creating not just mm -hmm. like dancing and blah 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 so I was actually creating a story because she was the one who picked the winner right you know, was audience class or who bring more friends so that that's a lot of competitions. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that moment when I started was like, oh, wow, thank you. Polish the Queen at the moment was fun too because they kind of have this category that if you follow the category. So I was kind of like trying to do that. It was like, oh, so the category today is, I don't know, Broadway. Let's do a little Broadway. So I feel... And I see it now because I'm being judged in Polish the Queen, I think twice. I don't know if it was me. I don't know if it was my generation of drag that was a little more respectable. Um, what it should, what you should be doing. Mm -hmm. I feel some girls now are more like, this is what I'm doing and this is me. Yeah, this, that's you, but you have to put some elements that those elements are the one who are going to give you a show. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I will say it. I've said it on the podcast before this new generation of drag artists that have come out of the pandemic, um, a little bit entitled it, it's, it, I, I'm not going to lie. Like there are definitely people that have been like, Hey, come do an interview. And I've been left on red. I'm like, yeah, do you not? I mean, I don't, I don't think I'm a huge name, but like you do know who I am. Right. Yeah. No. And also it's like, even when I start drag, people are like, oh, you should do this. You can try it. Like a lot of people told me that, oh, you should do your lips this way. And maybe I went home and I tried and I was like, um, but I don't like it how it looked like, but I try it. Exactly. At least I try it. Like some of these girls, I mean, 
I'm not gonna say that I'm the best at makeup, but I'm good in makeup and mm -hmm. I look good. I know what I'm talking about. Uh, so as I told you, a stage like Playhouse, there is one of the best stage and lighting and blah, blah, blah. You need to do your makeup a little more heavy because people need to see you. Yeah. You shouldn't be like, well, it's too expensive to buy makeup. So drag is not what you should be doing because- Just find a sugar daddy. It's easy. Yeah. Because drag is basically spending money to look good and make money. Well, and, and that's the thing that I, I think I have a different perspective because I do come from a theater background is basically you have to invest in yourself as an artist in order to be the best you can possibly be. If you half-ass it, people are going to notice that you are half-assing it. If you are not willing to listen to someone and say, hey, I know what your aesthetic is, but maybe don't color block your eyeshadow, blend it. See what mm -hmm. happens. Try it, just do it. Just do if it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But at least you tried it and then be like, wait, you're right. And then people will be like, oh my God, I love your eyes now. And then, then you get the conversation started. It's and the thing that I don't get. And that's the thing. You see some girls that they are still doing the competition for a year and a year and a half. And you're like, you are still looking the same. Yeah. It sh you should be growing up. Listen, and I'm not going to say that Iconic was the best competition in New York when it was out there, but uh, there is a reason why a lot of our drag artists are uh, doing pretty fucking well for themselves right yeah. now. Just saying, just saying. Um, what would you say are some of the big differences in doing a long form competition like Ultimate Drag Pageant and a weekly competition? I feel it's the pressure. When you're doing a weekly, uh, when you're doing a, a regular competition like every day, like, oh, you're just going, for example, like drag work every Monday and you don't have a team, you don't have like this kind of stuff. You even can do the same number maybe right. twice because you know that's your money number because you are smart and you be mm -hmm. like, I want to make money today. Maybe I don't want to win, but I want to make money. And get followers and get followers so you're doing your good number in when you're doing a competition like ultimate uh drag pageant you have to follow those rules and you have to be like oh okay this is not my element but let me get into this what did like, you learn about yourself doing that competition oh my god i think be prepared and they have to work harder than any other people absolutely yeah i mean your, your class like, was pretty solid yes uh yes my cast actually was a really a strong cast i think um and i think I, I actually learned that i feel after i get because i was the first out <laughs> um yeah i think that's was actually what i learned i learned like Chiki, if you really want to do this, you're always going to work harder than any other. I love that. Now, what advice would you say to a young drag artist out there who does not feel the desire to do any sort of drag competition? You have to try it. It's the way how you actually, I don't say is the way that is going to give you a show because now life works in different ways. Like, right. um, I I always say it's funny. I went my first time I went to Playhouse was doing Look Queen when they moved there. And now I has a solo show there. And I didn't have a solo show because I win, I don't know, uh drag war. So because I won polish the queen and they give me the show. Uh, was because one day I showed them an idea and they and they believe in me. And How about networking. Yeah, so like, I feel that's you need to do. Uh, some people are going to get opportunities just like, hey, take it. And other people have to be out there and looking for the opportunity. You have made yourself a name in New York City as a go-to girly for gigs in the city as you have a pair of shows at the moment um, at some of the hardest bars in New York City. 
uh, Hey Gorge at Playhouse on Saturdays and Playground Sundays at Rise with Jack and Hyde. Why are these shows important to you? Hey Gorge was my solo show. Uh, it's my solo show. They was actually the moment where I say everything I've been doing until now is paying off because it's easier to have a co-host, but it's not the same when you are you, when it's you and you. <laughs> mm-hmm. You are your own co-host. You are just there for one hour. And actually I do a show that two hours straight, basically. Uh, and it's a show where I learn the like, oh, I can do whatever I want and I can try this today and it doesn't work. Well, I try something else tomorrow. But yeah, it's a show that was the opportunity for me to show who I am. And I think in a moment was also a little of a slap on the face that some people that maybe didn't believe in me was kind of like, look, I have a solo show as a first Latina of this generation. Do you prefer working solo or with a co-host? Depend. Fair. That's a good diplomatic answer. But what makes your show stand out from the rest? Because let's be honest, there are a lot of shows in New York City that you can attend to on a fucking daily basis. My, I feel Hey Gorge is, is giving this opportunity first. I try to do a steel when it's a background. I'm trying to make everything, everyone welcome to the show. The way I talk to them, the way they do, uh, because I bring people to the, uh, to the stage with the game. They, the same game every week is called Drag Me Up. So what I do is bring four contestants, uh, then going on bus stage, they drag themselves up with hair and uh, dresses. And then they perform uh, in a lexing Lala Perusa. <laughs> so I feel people love that. And I and I love to see when people is like, oh my God, I'm so shy. And then they show their self. And I it's remind me when I was there, basically just with a hair and dressing somewhere, being like, oh, I cannot do this. And lights up. Okay, let's do it. So I feel that's um hey gorge every saturday is the perfect transition between brunch and night show so and playground sunday is a moment to have fun yeah um because you you get jacqueline hyde after what her fourth show of the weekend her four well her third show on the on that day but that's basically her four show on the week. Yeah. Insane. Um, but yeah. Is it fun to work with her or do you have to keep her in check? It's fun. <laughs> it's actually fun. No, a lot of people think they're like, it's crazy. It's crazy show. Yeah. But actually, I need to say that Jackly every Sunday just give me that moment that drag is still be fun. Still, okay. when it's our job, we can make it fun. And don't have to be a rules. Don't have to be. I work with some co-hosts in the past that they like. You have to tell me the set list at six p.m. If not, you cannot do that song. Jacqueline, me basically design the songs on the moment, so we have. Fun. Well, I mean, to be fair, also you both have a little different drag aesthetics, so uh, you're not going to be overlapping that many numbers. No, no many, yeah. And that's all the thing. Like I think nobody never expect Chiki Gorgina and Jacqueline High in a show together. Have you um, tried to infuse any Latin flavor into Jacqueline High? Make her a little spicy? Oh my God, yes. We always say that she's Colombian. Oh yeah? Okay. Yeah, why why she is she fi- Colombian? She finished talking Spanish on, on the stage uh, with the, a whole section, I think two, su- two Sundays ago. The Colombia joke is because uh, I don't know why we actually get a lot of Latinos <laughs> on Sunday when we actually has like oh, how many latinos do we have in the audience it's a lot of latinos and so she started talking and then it's some people from colombia so we started making the joke they're like yeah she's from colombia too her grand grand grandma uh was from colombia and then people 
it's funny when people actually think it is true. They like, I mean, come on, Jacqueline Hyde, Shakira, <laughs> spot the difference. It's impossible. And then I was like, well, if you want to be Colombian, cannot be Jacqueline, can be Jacqueline, because you know you have to spice it up. But yeah, no, she, she, I feel uh, of the year anniversary, we can do a full Spanish show and she's going to be fine. <laughs> Her hips won't lie. And she is so funny. Yeah, I love Jacqueline. What is the secret to having a show in New York City succeed nowadays? Keep it fresh and know what is you best numbers or be the best in your element. Doesn't matter how many followers you have on Instagram. Doesn't matter. What is next? What's your next drag dream? My next drag dream is a whole production show that I've basically been working for almost a year and it's not there yet because it's, I don't think it can be a weekly because what I have in mind is a lot, but I feel something monthly. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like a cabaret style show, but all Latin production. I love that. All right, we're going to play a game. It's called This or That. I'm going to give you two options. You got to pick one. You ready? Tea or coffee? Coffee. Bus or train? Ooh. um, When I was in Venezuela, bus, but New York City, train. Paper or plastic? Paper? Netflix or Hulu? Oh, God. Uh, Hulu. Comedy or drama? Drama. Jennifer Lopez or Shakira? Shakira. In the Heights or Hamilton? Oh my God. Uh, In the High. Hercules or The Lion King? How do you know this? Uh, Hercules. It's my favorite Disney movie. I love it. I love it. We love to go behind the music and learn about your signature number and how it became your signature number. So what would you call your number one signature number? Dora the Explorer 3, because I have three of them. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> the third one is uh, Dora get um, an ex-boyfriend and she basically follow him all the way on the city to know why he has stopped dating her. We've seen a lot of people try Dora mixes looks. Why is it such a good character for drag? I guess because nobody never spat Dora doing the things she do when we drag herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel nobody spat like a Dora, a Dora drinking 10 shots of tequila astray. Uh, hey, I, I'm sure Dora the Explorer right now is uh, getting lit somewhere. <laughs> yeah, so I feel that's actually the reason. Uh, it, I think it's a not run I was the first one, so I'm going to keep it that way. <laughs> when you create a mix, what happens first? Is it the theme? Is it the song? Is it the spoken word? What is your a fi- journey? A fight with Senawai. That happened mm-hmm. first. Yeah. <laughs> um, he well, does all your mixes? He made all my mixes. Well, we work together, but he made sure that like everything looked smooth and the way it should be. So we're going through the idea, then we're going with the songs, then we fight a little bit, then we do a first um, kind of like, okay, I think this is the final. We listen it twice, and then we're like, hmm, let's make it this, let's change that, let's change that. And sometimes, surprisingly, we can do one in one day and we didn't fight when we both have the same ideas <laughs> that's important that's important do you find it difficult to work with your partner on your art sometimes yeah almost because we both are so kind of like perfectionists mm-hmm. and what we do um sometimes i Kind of like, oh, it's, this is fine. And Cenobite is more like, 
no, you need to do this. And I'm like, but nobody's gonna notice. Like, I don't know, nails on the show. Like, I don't need nails right now. Put your nails on. So yes. yeah, he he also was the person who teach me that like you need to be on time. Uh, you cannot be arriving late to the show. If the flyers say six, okay, you can start the show six thirty, but no eight p.m. Mm-hmm. Listen, the amount of times that those bars fool us, they're like, oh my God, show at seven o'clock. And it really means the doors are opening at seven o'clock. You can start drinking at seven o'clock, but 10 o'clock, that's when our show starts. Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. No, no, not okay. And more when I'm traveling out of New York, I get I, I get these kind of like when people told me, uh, oh, it's at 11. And me like, so you mean at the show, it's like midnight. And they're like, no, you need to be at the club 10.30 because the show is 11. And I'm like, oh, it's real. <laughs> yeah. So drag roulettes are staples at drag shows. Mm-hmm. What songs or artists do you want requested more often at your drag roulettes? Oh, Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson? All right, all right. What, any specific songs? Let's get it out there. Uh, since You've Been Gone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh... Celine, I draw nine. Okay, okay. Mm. Oh, uh, recently I was saying Disney. I feel I feel nobody requests much Disney lately. Um, and what others? I think those for now. Yeah. So you you had mentioned earlier about um, you knowing of American culture, but it wasn't like the big thing for you. Was that difficult um, starting drag and having something like a drag roulette? Were you forced to learn about American music faster than oh, yeah. you thought you would? Oh, yes, absolutely. At the beginning, I was like, what is this? Oh, at the beginning, like trying to do a mix for me was Cenobite was like, oh, this song I think match perfect. And me like, who? Ooh, who <laughs> who's that? And, and it's funny because he's on time going like, I think you know this song. And keep playing me like, yeah. Oh, so I'm some bad on names too. So like sometimes people request the songs and be like, what is that? And that then was- when I hear the song, I'm like, oh yes, I actually know this. I don't know how, but I know this. It's crazy. Like I know a lot of Broadway lately. Mm-hmm. Well, I love Broadway, but like I know a lot of Broadway. They're like, I can't even do a Broadway show. Easy. There it is. <laughs> All right. Music is universal. It brings people together and helps give a little insight on a person. In this game, we are going to get to going to create a playlist of nine songs that are the soundtrack of your life. Welcome to Chicky's Ultimate Playlist. I'm going to give you a theme. Okay. You are going to give me a song that fits it. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. A song that reminds you of your first time in America. Hmm. My five son by um, I think uh, Rachel, Rachel Platten. Yeah, a song that reminds you of spring. Uh, making my way in downtown, downtown. Vanessa Carlton. Um, a song that reminds you of your biggest rival. Ooh. Uh, Toy by Neda. Okay, I love it. I love it. A song that reminds you of your partner. Oh, um, wow. Uh, I hope the answer is like, oh, there are so many options and not like, yeah, I don't yeah. Know. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, I trying to kind of get like, Oh my God, I feel the one, the Lion King, uh, when uh, they find each other. Can you feel the love tonight? In, yes. All right, all right. A song from your favorite movie? Uh, Mulan, uh, Man, Honor. Bring Honor to us all, or I can make a man out of you. The Man's, when, uh, the man's Honor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they when they training. I can um, make a man out of you. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. A song that you play to relax after the gig. 
Oh, it's not a song, but it's a whole album that uh, Lady Gaga jazz. Ooh, a song that reminds you of your happiest moment. Euphoria by Lorraine. A song that reminds you of your favorite vacation. Um... Oh, any Disney? Because one of my favorite vacation was Disney. Oh, has to be a song. Just give me one song. There are a lot of Disney songs. Pick uh, one. Um, Under the Sea. All right, and finally, the song that made you who you are. It's stronger, Kelly Clarkson. I love it. We keep watching drag become a political target from attacks about the morality when it comes to kids attending drag shows or even drag story hours to literal attacks on bars that are supposed to be our safe spaces. What about drag is scaring the right and how can we squash that? I feel when people actually know that the drag is just a form of art and love is when people are going to stop hate. Mm-hmm. So you I think feel people like, are scared? Yeah, I feel when when people realize that it's just a game, and that kids don't see a man or a woman or what clown, they just see somebody having fun with them. So I feel when uh, people realize that it's gonna be a different work. Representation matters. Why is this important to you, and how can the scene in general do better? I feel so the scene can be different when if we have a family brunch or a brunch when we know it's kids or stuff like that, we should not be a little so selfish about ourselves and be like, well, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. If the kids are here, it's their problems. We can switch it up a little bit and we can all be happy. What makes New York nightlife special? Then it's a nice community that you need to learn how to manage yourself. I like that. We're going to play everyone's favorite game. It's called Tea Time. You are going to spill some tea on some of your favorite friends, sisters, colleagues, people you did a competition with, people you've taken a photo with, people you love, people you hate. I don't know. We're about to find out. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, we are going to start off with the Honorable Marty Gould Cummings. Oh, my God. A person who I actually, after competition and after quarantine, has been really supportive of me. Uh, yeah, a person that is so funny. that, And she know a lot. And, she, and you sometimes see her and you be like, oh, maybe she's a bitch if you don't know her and when you know her you're like oh she's fun she's actually nice next up kiki ball change funny i i wish sometimes we can have more time to we spend little but uh she said i actually saw her last night i, I went a pieces so i i wish like i could have more time to spend with kiki i think it's a it's a really fun person to be around Next up is Amanda Pork. Oh my God. With that, it's a no run. This competition, the uh, therapy was about to do when uh, Jan left. And was this uh, competition that was about to be like 10 weeks, uh, no elimination. So that means like season uh, 14 of Drag Race. <laughs> <laughs> no elimination, like one winner. Um, and yeah, I think that's actually the last time I saw her. Wow. Crazy. Crazy, but I'm so proud of her and everything she's been doing. Next up is Cormac Kelly. Oh my God. Well, she first won a lexing and a Spanish song. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, in the same competition, we did um, this um, uh, Mambo. 
Mambo number one, the one from um, Mambo number one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Detox and James, and she won. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was there. I remember. I was like, what? Yes, yes, she won. And I was like, whoa. Um, oh, Korma is a character. I feel like it's an, it's a chicken in another multi universe. I wish uh, Chiki could have been like that. Hey, listen, the multiverse is real. It could happen. It could be real. <laughs> All right, next up, Pietro Parker. Um, a person that I wish stuff could be different. That's fair. Yes. I feel some stuff happened. And if one day we have the time to sit down, I feel can happen. If not, and enjoy when we were close. Next up is Bella Noche. Oh, a person who I actually met working on a brunch together. Uh, she's fun. Not, not much that we share, but she's a really nice person. Next up is Islea. A good sister. Like Islea and me, every time we, we saw each other. I've, I think it's crazy that like you sometimes know a lot of people in this uh, nightlife, but because time or stuff like that you don't share so much time with them but Isleya is those kind of people that when we see each other we can have a drink and we can talk and we can both say oh my god I feel so proud of what you've been doing because we start basically track at the same time lovely next is Roxy Chanel a really really good sister and I'm so proud of her because she remind me kind of like young me mm -hmm. and she's been doing great. She's an amazing performance. Uh, and I love to see that Latin representation that we need. Absolutely. Speaking of Sofia Medina. Oh my God. Paget queen. Uh, we share some time uh, working, I think, was when the queue, before the queue was uh, a crazy uh, snow, <laughs> small, mm -hmm. whatever. Um, yeah, I actually, wait, I think I saw Sofia recently. I think so. But Sofia Medina is a person who I wish she could have a little more time in Manhattan because I know people is going to gag with her. Next up is Reese Havoc. Oh my God, Reese is just a person that you don't know what she's coming. Like you never expect what she's going to say, but I love that because I'm so like, oh yeah, girly. And she's like, yeah. So that's, that's fun. That's cute. Did Reese Havoc ruin your life? No. Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Next up is I need, I need a D. I need a D. Uh, the first person who actually introduced me to my new house, Rice. I love that. Yeah. She basically one day called me to uh, cover her Rice. And after that, they was like, oh, you are good. You, we should keep you. That's all it takes sometimes. All right, next up, we have Holly Day. An amazing supporter of me when she get on open call. And she gave me, I think, my first gig, kind of like my, my first pay-pay gig mm -hmm. on Queen. And that. that was actually my first show that I saw when I moved here. So it was a whole full circle moment. Mm -hmm. Next up, Fifi Dubois. Oh my God, another one who is was there in my first steps in Polish the Queen. Fifi was the kind of Fifi was the kind of person that like, hey, fix this, fix that. Okay, you're ready. I wish more people uh in some competition was that way. 
and pay attention Absolutely. to the goals. Next, we have Gigi Kuchina. Oh, we had an amazing time when we shared uh, Sundays together. Uh, after that, they changed the, the, the show. And it's when Jacqueline came. Uh, Gigi, I, I wish I, I have uh, the same level of talent in sewing skills that she has. She's fucking good at it. She's so good. And I'm, I'm crazy when I see her doing this stuff. I'm like, wait, how do you do that? Have, have, has she taught you anything? Huh? Has she taught you anything when it comes to sewing? Uh, well, it's a fuck question. And I asked her, yes. She's kind of replying to me. Yeah. Next, we have Sugarcane. Oh, my God. Uh, another whole circle that when you see a person in TV and then you're working with her. I remember I went to see opportunities you don't know where, where are. I went to see Easy Uncut and one of the Macy's uh, brunch. And she introduced me to Sugar. And Easy was like, oh, if you need any time ago, who's going to twerk? Chiki Gorgina. And I was like, hi. And after that, two weeks later, I was doing- uh, Twerk, 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 twerk. Yeah. I was doing Encanto brunch and I've been doing, I think the brunch, I, like one a month. That's amazing. All right, next up, Holly Box Rings. Angel. Uh, Holly is the, I was telling her recently that it's so amazing that you see Holly and she do everything herself. And I, I admire, admire. Yeah, you admire her. Yeah, I admire her for that because one of my first, now that I'm sewing, it's kind of like, wow, it feels so good when you say like everything I'm wearing right now is my idea. It's me sewing there. Have you ever done a multi-layer reveal look? Like how yeah, and, and it's so funny sometimes because I'm like, I wish I could have do more reveals. When I first started doing drag, I was doing a lot of reveals. Now I don't do much because in a solo show, of course, I don't have the time to chain. Uh, right. So when I do the Macy brunch, it's my time to do my reveals. And Holly is the kind of people that is I'm saying, uh, hey, I basically send video of me doing the reveal, kind of like, so if I put this here and she's like, yes, go, go here, fix that. Okay, maybe this. So yes. And she was so I mean, happy for me when I get to um, Playhouse. I mean, listen, she's a go-to person because she is a petite person as well, but she makes you not think there's anything underneath that first look. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next up is Young Cut. Another, uh, another good, I don't think... Because sister, I feel when you call somebody sister in drag, it feels so general. Correct. Thank yeah. you for saying that. Listeners, friends, stop using it for everybody. It's not for everybody. Yeah. EC is a, a friend. Um, and be with EC and Holly on a Saturday, a playhouse. And don't have like the pressure that you're running two minutes over my time slab mm-hmm. or blah, blah, blah. They even like, do one more number go. So that is the kind of people that I love to work with. So Amazing. yeah, it's a family Saturday there. How about Jacqueline Hyde? What's the tea? Oh my God, Jacqueline, a big surprise. Um, I worked with her once, brunch. Then I saw her but there, blah, 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 one another time Mondays, when I get the message that uh, the show is with Jacqueline High, I was like, with what? Oh, us together? Um, yeah, I think it's that. It's, it's an amazing surprise because- Hey, surprises are fun sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're having so much fun together. And, and the funny thing is that I don't think it's only from me. It's coming from her to this feeling. They're like, wow, this, this is actually cute. What, what we've been doing. Every I mean, Sunday. you have to be a good drag artist to be able to have as many different co-hosts that she does and still give you a good show. Yes. 
and and she have and she say oh i love all my regular regular co-hosts because we all know how to work each other and listen I'll, i'm gonna bring jacqueline on again another time soon and be like okay who is your absolute favorite co-host? Oh my God, I think actually re really somebody asked that and she was like, I just need to say Holly because it's the longest one, but I love all of them. <laughs> fair, fair. Can I give you one more to spill some tea on? Okay. DJ Cenobite. Well, first, the love of my life. Of course. Um, I feel... 60% of all this dream has been thanks to him. Um, we've been battled to, together. Um, it's crazy sometimes that he knows, of course, he's on down, he's on up, and he's there, like, come on, dude can do it. Uh, yeah, I feel he's not only my partner, like in my life he's like my manager my dj my producer my everything so i feel i cannot do this without him i love that um i'm old i'm about to probably go into the gay old folks home soon because i'm dying i'm gonna die alone but what is the secret to love i feel the secret is uh when you really love somebody you cannot be just like, oh, you are completely mine. You have to understand this person. You have to, to know what exactly this person wants in life and support them. Uh, it's sometimes a lot of people who is like, oh, yes, my boyfriend or my partner want to do this. And then don't go in there or they don't support them. Or they just, they're kind of like, oh, yes, you do it. So Cenobite, and I feel it's, I do the same thing when I met Cenobite, he had his party, so I was there every single time. Or when he needed an idea, I working with him and his idea. And when I need something in my drag, so like, it's, yeah. Also, when you work together, you you have I still need time for you as a couple. Because Absolutely. sometimes we are not Cenobite and Chiki, we are still Steven and Roy. So we need our time out and we've been working on that we sometimes when we go into vacation we both stuck instagram and we start trying to start talk about nightlife because that's amazing it's our 24 7 well maybe one day i'll experience that oh. twinks come to me please someone <laughs> i'm gonna die soon oh my god if you weren't doing drag what would you be doing i feel a stand-up all right so when's the stand-up show? I I feel that's part of a, my next step. Um, because so a lot of people's like, you are funny. And nobody expected that. Um, Listen, that's how I feel sometimes. Because I will have people laugh at some of the shit I say on this podcast. And I'm like, I could turn it into a set. I'm not yeah. going to, but I could. Sometimes people say, you just tell me this whole story this is fun. What you just told me, me like, no, I, I was just telling you a story. It was <laughs> Yeah, for me, it's because I'm a writer. I'm good at writing, so I know how to set up a joke. I know how to land a joke in my style of humor. An amazing writing in journalism. I need to try now to write jokes because that's mm -hmm. my thing. My jokes are more at the moment or I'm really good at improv. So when I'm on the show, people say, how do you camp with that i mean like i don't know just the moment <laughs> what is your go-to karaoke song oh my god i don't do karaoke in so long uh but actually last night i was at rise um <laughs> and i was doing karaoke and i was kind of like if i do this karaoke i will do this spanish song they call la chica del bikini azul and okay. it's because remind right. me when when i went to a uh, singing class and that was basically my my homework. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Without spoiling too much, just in case it ever happens, if you had to pick a character to do for Snatch Game, who would it be? Mm, La Veneno. Oh, got to do it better than um, Isis did. Isis. 
Puseta. 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 If okay, if you've fallen down a rabbit hole on YouTube, what are you watching videos of? <laughs> Makeup, Trixie Mattel, um <laughs> I'm obsessed with Trixie videos. Um and music. I I oh and, and Broadway. Like I the the Broadway shows that I didn't have time to see when I because when I get here, some of them were already closed. So I'm trying to see when I try to find like I know about Legally Blonde thanks to you too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I have my previous guest ask my current guest a question. And this is a question from Lila Lansing. If you had to watch one movie every night before you went to bed, what would it be? Um, Showgirls. Showgirls. Ooh, you like some drama. Yeah, and more that pool a scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, have you ever uh, thrown diamonds on the floor and knocked a girl out? No. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> All right, now goodness, it's your turn. Goodness, so, goodness, so many bar has stairs. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, oh, I was going to make an icon joke, but we're not going to make that joke about the stairs at icon. <laughs> If you know, you know. Uh, Now it's your turn to ask my next guest a question. And it can be a question about anything you'd like it to be. Oh, um, I feel if you can write a book about your life, what can be the title? Oh, I love that. I'm here for it. We love to try to open up the community here on Block Talk as best we can. I have a whole list of people that I still need to reach out to because there's just a lot of people and I don't have a lot of time. Because thanks, Drag Race. <laughs> Who would you like to hear an interview with on a future episode of Block Talk? Oh, um, I don't know if you have her already. Holly, Box Spring. Nope, I've tried that for a couple of years and still hasn't happened yet. Oh my God, EC on Cod. Uh, same thing. Okay. We, we've tried to have not have made it happen yet. Oh, I, I feel right now like uh, RuPaul, like when people yes. say like, um, uh, you should get this person. And they're like, we've been asking them. <laughs> Literally, no, the, like uh, Izzy, it's actually like she's been on for a recap years ago. And it's been like, OK, when are we going to do an interview? And she's like, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm like, okay. yeah. Izzy, um, Izzy, Izzy. And wait, how long ago did you get Jacqueline? Uh, Jacqueline, I had pre-pandemic. So uh, I, I should have her on for a block talk back. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I feel that can be oh, a Skywalker mm-hmm. or Lexington. Uh-huh. They've both been on before, and I, I think it's time for a block talk back. Oh, Lots okay. have changed since they've been on. Yeah. Lots of things have changed. All right. Where can we find you on social media and Venmo? Everywhere. Cheeky Gorgina. C-H-I-C-K-Y. Gorgina. Just like gorgeous vagina. Well, it was so much fun chatting with you. Thank you so much for being here. No, thank you. This this was really cute. I love it. I think a lot of people now know some stuff that they didn't know. <laughs> hey, it's true. 